Level 12 of my little underground. I'm Peter A. Today we got a very special small guest. It's Kara Goldstein of Long Island Rising Stars Small Data. And she's actually playing a show that me and the homie Connor of Secretly Public are putting together July 21st at the Velvet Lounge, 10 Woods Corner Road, East Setucket. So far, we got Giants, Headless Elvis on the bill, along with Small Data. Much more will be announced, so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Peter A. Radio. Come hang out with us, the Velvet Lounge, East Setucket, 10 Woods Corner Road, Doors are at 8.30, show starts at 9, but right now let's get this show started with Miss Cara Goldstein. Small data on My Little Underground. You did a show at Amityville last Friday. Yes. Right? How was that? Oh, it was awesome. Amityville Music Hall, not Revolution. Right. For people that are listening. Yes, very important. Mm. Um, It was great, honestly. It was one of our best shows. Unfortunately, um, our guitar player, Jorge, couldn't make it because they were on tour with their band, Fear Not. Mm. But, um... So we played as a four-piece, and I was nervous about it because we hadn't played as a four-piece in a while, but it was honestly really good. Um, it was There were a ton of people there, um, a bunch of my friends, um, a bunch of people bought shirts. That was really cool. Normally, we don't really sell much. We sell maybe one or two shirts per show, but so many people got them, and I was like, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a really great show. It was, filled my heart with joy. Yes. Uh, Queen of Jeans, great band. All the bands at uh, Table Talk and Oso obviously are great bands. Everyone on Long Island knows that already, though. Yeah. That's uh, universal knowledge. Yeah, Oso Queen is really cool. Of, Queen of Jeans from Philly, band to watch. Yes, Very, yes. very beautiful. Top Shelf, right? Another Top yes. Shelf band? Oh. Anything on Top Shelf, I feel like you can trust. Yeah. Rap Boys, so who else is on there? Ginger Lee's when they were around. Gobbin Jr. Gobbin Jr., still? Yes. Still? Okay. I think Gob actually just kind of signed with them. They just, yeah. uh, she just released her first record with Top Shelf. Why do I have a feeling that she's on Father Daughter? That's not true. No, No, but that's a okay. fair guess. She definitely sounds like something that would be on Father Daughter. Yeah, yeah, Or Mom and, uh, Mom and Pop. Yeah. She would fit in with Mom and Pop, definitely. When did you go on? First band? Second? We were first. You were first? Yes. Okay, all right. Still, a ton of people were there already just the minute that doors opened. Yeah. You had a lot of, you felt like you had a lot of friends that were there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like people that I've been hanging out with for years seeing at shows for years did you meet anybody that you didn't know yeah absolutely yeah. Well, I met Queen of Jeans okay and they were really nice no, um, people that watched the show yeah actually there was there were a few people that came up to me like at the uh, merch table who were just like t- talking to me and they were just like wow this is really cool I remember like someone I was talking to said they were a little older and they were like they were like I'm 30 and when I was 20 I'd never met anyone like making music like that and I was like that's really cool um because you know a few years ago when i first started like i didn't really think that music like that is cool it's crazy now because now you have all these um you have all these like bands that just get like these like crazy reviews from pitchfork they're just like you know girls making indie rock music and everyone's like yeah this is so awesome and beautiful and like a few years ago it was like you couldn't be that you had to like there had to be like a double bass pedal and you know you had to use your metal zone pedal and it was just like you have you have to do that to be taken seriously you have a couple dudes by you yeah you have to have as many dudes as you can surrounding you yeah (laughs) so um because it's really difficult to get people that don't know who you are to like your yeah your indie band and i think that's cool that you had people come up to you did they buy merch did people buy oh yeah. yeah we did pretty well cool it was yeah it was honestly one of my favorite shows i ever played probably ever so uh physical small data eps those are available. 
Yes, those yeah. are available on the Chatterbot website. Cool. Uh, we uh, we don't have them yet, but we're gonna get them soon. So the next show you see us at, we will likely have physicals. We'll have some tapes. Yes, CDs. We don't have CDs. Oh yeah. We got tapes. <laughs> okay. I don't even have a disc drive in my computer. I didn't. I was like, well, I'm even gonna make these. Uh, any Mac that was made after like 2012 or 2013, like, doesn't even have a disc drive in it anymore. Which is insane that yeah. Apple was like, we can do away with the disc drive, so they have to buy one separately because we're not getting enough for this like $2,000 computer. Yeah. So evil. Yes. And uh, I mean, speaking of, you said Chatterbot. Yes. That's the label. Chatterbot. Yes. Yeah, okay. So uh, how did you get involved with them? Uh, they actually approached us. Really? Um, yeah, the um, my friend Alex runs Chatterbot, and they um, they were um, associating with a couple other bands like across, you know, pretty much. Um, I think it's mostly East Coast bands, but I think we definitely uh, expand from that too. And they would just, you know, be like, they message me and be like, we only had like one demo up, just one song, and they'd be like when's like more music gonna come out and I sent them some of the stuff we were working on and they were like this is sick and I was just like you want to put this out and they were like hell yeah <laughs> so you asked so them like, to cool. put out your thing yeah I, yeah I did ask them I was approached by them out of like interest like what do you got what have you guys been up to but then and then I asked if they wanted to put it out and they said yes great so I want to go back to the AMH show right um who do you think had the best set that wasn't you it's just so hard to say, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I've seen Table Talk and Oso, like, a billion times at yes. this point, and it's always great, but, I mean, watching Queen of Jeans was, like, very crazy because that's an extremely unique band. Um, you're getting these, like, early 2000s pop melodies, and you have three people harmonizing, and I was like, holy, you know, but Jesus, I have never seen anything like this before. You, were, you can curse. I can curse? Yeah. Fuck! Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm from remembering the radio <laughs> yeah, yeah, show the yeah, other yeah, day yes, where I yes. couldn't curse. No, you could. You're good. Um, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing and beautiful. And mm. it reminds me. Cursing. Of, it reminds me. Cursing? Yeah. You're like, this is amazing and beautiful. And I'm thinking, cursing is amazing and beautiful. Cursing is yeah, amazing. Also, <laughs> yeah. it was fucking amazing and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> there you as go. As hell. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> and, yes, and it was a very wonderful set. So I was like, this band is very cool and i love them it reminds me of isley do you know the band isley no um they're a band i really liked when i was younger and they're, they're still putting out records they're really good but um they also have uh, three girls in the band and they'll harmonize with each other and that's what like makes it like such a unique group that right. you have like that many harmonies so when and you see harmonies. a band when you see a band live what's your what are your expectations um it's hard um, I don't have the best stage presence, so I try not to demand that of other people. You know what I mean? Mm. It's always, it's nice to get that, but I just kind of stand there and try to perform the song to the best of my abilities, and I'm awkward. Mm. I love some good banter. Bantering? Oh, yeah, I do. I do love some good banter. Not too much, but I like a band that they they talk to each other a lot. I don't really talk to my band that much on stage. I should probably do that more. We don't always all have microphones. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're just playing in a basement, and we're kind of... There's like one or two. Yeah. But um, I love to, I mean, I remember one time my old band played a show and like it was one of the only shows where like every single one of us had a microphone and we were just like screaming at each other the whole time. It was really fun. Screaming? You mean no, not like, like angrily, okay. but just like going back and forth with each other the whole time. It was just very funny and I had a good time, you know what I mean? So you, when you go see a band for yourself, you, you like banter? Yes. Okay. I hate banter. Can't stand it. I know. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. The minute I said it, I was like, no, wait. No, no. 
Because I, I went to, a lot of the best bands I've seen didn't say a word and just kind of their performance said a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know? it's it all depends. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. There's sometimes sometimes band is annoying. Sometimes I feel like if you if you have like a lot of really great personalities though, I, I do enjoy that. I had my Blink 182 phase for like years when I was in high school, and they just like call each other dickheads the whole time, and I was just like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. So or I'm still trying. It's cool if you have a lot of people, like like a band like Small Data, yeah. that no one really knows Small about. Small Data. But when you see, when you go to a show and you see a lot of people you've never seen before and it's packed, then you have to say something. Like, oh, yeah. thank you guys for coming. This is crazy. Yeah. You know? I kind of hate, I hate how there's like this like list of things I like have to say when I'm on stage. Why? What are those things? Well, it's not that I don't think that like these things are important, but sometimes I feel like Especially if, like, you know, sometimes I'll play a show, it'll be, like, seven bands on the bill, and I feel, like, this, like, obligation to shout out, like, all of them. Oh, And man. I'm just, like, it's just stressful remembering to, like, do all of that sometimes. And, I mean, I that probably sounds rude now that I'm, like, these obligations I have to say on stage, you know what I mean? But it's, like, I feel like some shout out to me more if, like, they really are coming from the heart rather than, like, a sense of obligation, you know? Like, if you play after us, like, I don't think you should have to be, like, shout out to Small Data for opening. Like, they were great. Like, if you didn't think so, you know? Like, you don't have to shout us out. I mean, uh, when I see bands, you know, you, like, some of the really great bands I've seen, like, Screaming Females. Right. The bands that they tour with, they'll say, you, you gotta listen to them because if you like the music we like, you gotta check them out. Right. But if you're playing a, a, on a bill with, like, seven, eight bands, like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's horrible, you know? It's, yeah. It's, like... It's usually not seven, eight. But yeah, like, yeah, Sometimes, yeah. like, I just, I, I don't, like, I don't think anyone should have to get on stage with, like, this, like, script of, like, these are the things, like, I have to say on stage, like, I have to shout out, like, everyone involved in this. Because yeah. sometimes, I don't know, I forget and then I feel bad and then I'm like, well... I wouldn't expect, they don't have to shout us out, you know what I mean? Like, they can just get on stage and play. Yeah. Or if you see, you know, some of these community shows that, like, a town will put together, and they have, like, a showmobile, and they'll they'll have, like, the artists or whatever say, okay, we have to read all these sponsors or whatever. Not really the artists, like, the town's person right. that put together the show. We have to take 20 minutes to say, oh, oh my we God. have to I thank our really sponsors. Da, 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 like da, 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 da. That's so annoying. It's so annoying. I went to see one of my friend's bands, uh, I think it was like a year or two ago, and I swear 10 minutes were taking. We had to thank these sponsors, that sponsor, this sponsor, this sponsor. And the only thing that's running through my head is, is oh, what's the next song the band's going to play? I'm hungry now. Oh, when, I, no. when you think about food at a show, you know, okay, it's I a have problem. to. Exactly. Was there exactly. at least food there? If there were all those sponsors, there better have been like a grill going. There was. Okay. There was hot dogs. There was burgers. Okay, so you know, yeah. it seems like you know, because you go to a show and there's no sponsors, you're not gonna get the, you're not gonna get a hot dog. Nope. There's no hot dog. You will not. You will not get. It's no one or the food. other. Yeah. Usually, the shows that we've been to have been at BYOB, so right. you're lucky if you get water yes. at some of these shows, you know? Creative Corner. I've been going to Creative Corner, and they've been, like, selling, like, chips and water downstairs, and I'm like, I definitely appreciate that. Someone's got to cook at some of these shows, though. There's got to be one one underground indie band. it's a long show, yes. Yeah, absolutely. One of those summer daytime, one o'clock starts. When yeah. I went to a Blood Fest, there was this whole, and they had to, because it was, like, there was, like, a billion bands. It was, like, a 12-hour event. And there was like there were people cooking like all sorts of stuff, and then there was like all this seltzer, and like all these. It was cool. It was like very very cool. Yeah. You, I could have gotten a better pass and like gotten like unlimited food too. I got the cheapest ticket I could get though, so I had to. But it was still cheap. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It was cool that it's like I could go watch bands and I could go get a snack and like sit at these tables. It was a good time for sure. 
Yeah, I, and you say that you don't have the best stage presence, but when you when you perform on stage, what are your expectations from for yourself? For myself? Yeah. I mean, I just wanna I wanna make the song sound correct first. That's like the most important thing to me. Um, just for me, I don't think that that's always the most important thing. I think there's some people who you know have a lot of energy, so maybe they're better off you know channeling all that energy in, even if like a note is played wrong or whatever, no one's gonna care or notice. But for me, fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. When you go to a show, you got it. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yes, I try to. I don't know. I don't have a lot of energy. I'm just, I'm just shitting on myself as I'm doing every interview. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just like, I don't like that expectation where it's like, you know, I like write music. I, I'm not really, I'm more of like a composer, I guess, than a performer. I'm not really that, I don't know. I mean, I try to, I try my best to get up there and look like I'm having the best time possible. But what it's really on my mind is just like me focusing to like deliver the best version of the song that I possibly can. Yeah, and that's part of the performance, too. Yeah, no, of course. I think that is the most important thing. And if you're someone who's, you know, good enough at it that they can do both, like, more power to you. But definitely the most important thing to me is, you know, getting the song out there. So, I don't know. I hope no one thinks we're boring live. But if they do, I mean, at least I sung most notes correctly. Now that you feel like your your show, your set, is pretty solid. Yeah. And you feel like your band... Now it's time to write new songs. That, that's yeah. true. Do, do you take performance into that? Like, how can we do this different on stage? Or how can we act different on stage? Do you ever think about that? Um, I, th I think about it a little bit for myself. Um, I've been trying to just, like, play with melodies and stuff to, like, make it more interesting and, like, energetic live. Because there's some notes that, you know, work well on the record. But if I try to hit them live, they're not going to work as well. Um, so, yeah, I've been trying to just, you know revamp old material and make it more interesting you're not really asking about that though you're asking more about like just like physically my performance um no i don't i don't think enough about that i i miss times where i'm supposed to hit my pedals and i should stop doing that i need to get better pedals because i got the cheapest ones i could on the internet and yeah. now i'm like hmm, maybe this wasn't the best decision maybe i should get some better pedals but i also have no money right now so I'm full of problems. Yeah, <laughs> like you know. Most I got it. Yeah, of course. But uh, when when I hear a lot of your songs, especially on record, they have a lot of layers to them. Yes. A lot, lots going that's, on. That's that's what I think. That's what like alienates me a little bit from my live performance because like that's what, like that's the shit I love. Like he's like going like we put like a gong somewhere last second on the record like just because I wanted one there. That's the stuff that I really love. And of course, like we can't have the gong live. Like, we're never going to get that gong live. So sometimes I just, I just kind of, I, maybe I kind of give up a little bit because I'm just like, you know, yes, we're playing live, but like, are, are people really going to get all those layers? Because there's like so many that you need like a bunch of people. I hope one day I can have like a million people playing with me. Well, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's cool. I mean, but when I saw you at the Creative Corner, mm -hmm. uh, your release show. There that was, was a good one because yeah. we had all five of us there. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot happening. Yeah. I, I saw all the moving parts. I heard all the things that uh, on the record, especially Baby's Last Unwalled. Right. I saw it all come together very nicely, I might Thank add. Thank you. So uh, I know Small Data is, it's, it's your project. And did it start when Cat Like fell apart, or? Yeah, it was just like the continuation of me writing songs. I don't think it sounds that different. Um, yeah, just I just decided it was time for a change. Yes. 
Do you feel like this is what you've always wanted a music project to sound like from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, we've already written new songs and I feel like those songs are even closer. But I mean, you're all you can do is just keep getting as close as you can, you know what I mean? And you know, once you become satisfied and say, this is fine, this is perfect, this doesn't, it's good the way it is, then like that's when you stop progressing. So, I mean, I'm, there's definitely times where I should sit back and be like, you know, just be proud of you, what you've done, be proud of yourself, but you know, I just feel this like compulsion to like keep writing and keep just like making something better because I feel like I can always do better. Yes, I think you're very, uh, you're your own harshest critic. Yeah, I feel definitely. Like. When you hear something, especially if you hear something back that you thought was good, you have the tendency to want to go back and change something almost immediately. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much anything. That's why I think when I when we record next, I want to have a bigger hand in mixing it myself. Just because just cause of little things like the gong. Like I messaged the kid who produced us um, like right before we put it out. I'm like, I need a gong here. And... Um, I just like there's there's other things too that I'd like like a especially with like little percussion things like oh a shaker here would be so cool and stuff like that and I feel like I'd love to just like have access to all of those files so I could just listen to it back and be like okay what else does this need what else does this need oh what if I put like bongos here that'd be really cool and then I could yeah. just do it myself absolutely but uh, I feel like with uh, th this project I feel like it's it's a lot different than what you've done before. I think it's a lot more calculated and just sharp and you're paying attention to what's happening here. I Can mean, you tell me any specific differences between this project and your other musical endeavors? Well, I mean, most of the most of the Cadillac recordings are just me playing everything except for drums. This one, I play, I only play guitar and sing on this one. I didn't write any of the key parts. I didn't write any of the bass parts. Um, Matt and Jill contributed all of their own parts to that, so that's a pretty big difference. As far as my own songwriting, and it goes, I feel that, you know, it probably sounds that way because I, you know, got clearer recordings for this than I ever did in, like, any of the Cadillac demos, but those are really calculated, too. Yeah. They are. And it, it's hard to tell when you're listening to something so gritty, but they're also very calculated. I think that's what it is, because now Small Dad is actually better produced than your other stuff. I yeah. I feel like you actually hear everything come together right. quite nicely. You know yeah, I mean? no, when I'm recording stuff on like my MacBook, then it's not going to sound good. <laughs> so where do you where do you go from here? Um, Creative-wise. I'm just writing. That's the most important thing to me right now is for the next few months. Like I don't even know if we have a show for July right now. I just want to write. Maybe I think I'm trying to put together something at the very end of July we're going to play somewhere. Um, and then we have shows at the end of August, but the next two months are like pretty strictly dedicated to writing for me. Right. I just quit a job. I obviously need a new job, but um, yeah, so that's what it's, I think today is the last day that I just like coasting because it's been almost two weeks now and I'm like, you got to get it together bitch yes like you need a job because right, I'm, right. I'm so it was very freeing for like the first week but now i'm just like i can't just like wake up with no purpose every day like i gotta go to work when you're like 18 fresh out of high school and you you leave a job it's it's cool yeah but like now it ain't cool no, no it's not Ooh, cool i'm like no. i'm broke i'm in a lot of debt from my student loans yeah. like i'm like i'm thinking about going back to school really yeah, not <laughs> well. If I went back to school, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't like go dorm for like grad school. I would get like a certificate in like a trade. Yeah, like what? 
Well, I'm thinking about going back for like audio engineering. Oh, there you go. That's important. So I, I feel stupid because I'm like I could have just learned that at the first school I went to, but I just did not. I just did not take my education seriously. I was there because that's where I was supposed to be, um, and I was busy doing music stuff. And I feel like I half-assed both. I half-assed music because I was getting my education, and then I half-assed my education because I was doing music. And I think that was like the crucial flaw. <laughs> So now music is your, is your big focus. Yeah, it is. But I also need a job. Yeah, to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's the thing is that I have so many friends that are like, they do well in music and like they still don't have like a fraction of the money they deserve or the fraction of a fraction of the money that you need to like survive in our economy, you know? So I'm like, even if I was like doing like 10 times as well as I am right now, I still wouldn't have enough money to do what I want to do. Yeah, I hear that. And when we talk about writing songs uh, for you, do you want to make some sort of commentary? You want to talk about personal experiences, or do you want to just create a feeling? Well, the album we just put out mostly, I think, was just creating a feeling. Mm -hmm. I kind of, like, melody is very important to me, and I feel like a lot of the words that I use are just kind of trying to create that feeling. Um, but I'm starting to not like that that much, because I really want to, you know, the bands that, like, mean the most to me are, like, the ones like, the lyrics that are, like you know really hit home in a way that like I'm like oh shit like I've never really heard anyone like say that that way before but like I've always felt yeah like he's right you know what I mean like I'm a big say anything fan do you, do you like say anything no no I never listen to him so. okay well he's very he's like making a lot of social commentary in his music and some of it's annoying but most of it's I was like when I was like young I was like yeah everyone is fake except me and right. that's, that's pretty much the band. And that's what I want our new record to sound like. I love Say Anything. I think a lot of our uh, new songs sound like Say Anything. What kind of uh, commentary would you make going forward if you were going to make that kind of music? So, I mean, I think a lot of people, yeah, I think a lot of people do. I don't think any of my opinions are, like, shocking or that unpopular. But I don't think people are afraid to say them publicly because of groupthink. And people, you know, when you already have, like, a mob gathered... I say the wrong thing. It's like they're you guys are already together in the same room. You know what I mean? Like you could just like yell at me next, and I don't I don't really want to get yelled at. So I'm just gonna complain about it in songs and still be too weak to say anything publicly. Well, there you go. That's and then a piece all of commentary. and then all the people that I disagree with will listen to the song and be like, hell yeah, fuck yes, this rocks. I agree with you, and they're not gonna realize that like you guys are kind of the problem. <laughs> I think it's cool to you know to agree, but right. um, and also to have your own you know way of thinking. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't want to just, again, you know, go... Because there's a lot of, like, social media activism yeah. versus real activism. Just like you know the game mean? of telephone that everyone is playing all yes. the time. I'm yes. just like... This is... Like, it's scary to watch sometimes how something can snowball and just, like, become something it's not yes. very quickly. Very, very... Yeah, that's the, you know, yeah. area we're living. Because you can find something that's problematic yeah. with everything. If you of go course. deep into the internet, yeah. everything be, it will be problematic. Everything. If you're, like, you know, if you have a bunch of eyes on you and someone, like, is putting you under a microscope like that, um, what was I going to say? Uh, telephone. Yeah, telephone. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's creepy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, talking about your personal experiences on uh, small data, you know, Jetta 2. Mm -hmm. Is that a reference to uh, you driving a Jetta? Yeah. Or? Okay. I actually, I had a Jetta like two years ago. And then okay. I, I got into like a minute accident that was very stupid and my own fault. Um, and it was totaled, but it really wasn't totaled, basically. Um, 
it's fixed now. A mechanic fixed it. My mom sold it to a mechanic because I went back to school and he fixed it. But he kind of framed it like, oh, this car is not worth enough to fix because it was kind of an old car. But like he fixed it because he's a mechanic. But anyway, so, uh, but I really love that car. Uh, and I loved it so much that when I came back from school a year later, I got another Jetta. And that one's not as nice. <laughs> if I'm being honest. What's wrong with your Jetta now? It's what isn't wrong with it? The uh, brakes are terrible, first oh of all. Yeah, I don't even really... My, I drive my parents' car a lot because, honestly, I don't even feel safe driving that one. And my parents don't feel safe with me driving it. The brakes are terrible. And I have a couple windows that won't go down all the way. <laughs> I swear to God. But you had a... There's probably bees in it. Yeah. I haven't even been in it. And, like, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm like, I don't want to drive with a bunch of bees. You put a picture, I think, on Instagram about uh, yeah. you forgot to roll up your window. Was that a mechanical issue or you just No, it, like it wouldn't go up. There was oh, nothing I could do about it. It's not that I forgot. Okay. There's two actually that won't go up now. There was one in the back that wouldn't go all the way down or all the way up. So I was like, whatever. But now it's like the, the driver's side window, I'm pretty sure. like It's like halfway down at all times. You can't get it up. And I'm like, and I kind of avoid it. So yeah, that song is just about me missing the first one. Jetta 2 is your new Jetta now. Yeah. That's worse than the first one. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> yeah, the song I say, I'm like, I miss the first Jetta. <laughs> that, that's that's brilliant. Everyone does, all my friends. But you're playing a lot of out-of-state shows next month, right? No? no? All your shows you're playing in, in, yeah. in August are New York. Yeah, we just have two shows okay. that one day after the other. Long Island shows? Or? Yeah. Okay, all right, so Island you're not shows. really traveling. So. No, we probably will probably be some stuff in the fall. I want to go back to like you'd have it just like a weekend if we go back to like Philly or something. That'd be cool, Brooklyn, Philly. So on this EP, Small Data and EP, great yes. title by the way. Thank you. What song me- means the most to you on this one? Definitely the last one. That's my favorite. Babies, song. yeah, that one because I got to I got to rip a sick guitar solo on that one. That was the first one I wrote. Uh, well, technically the first riff that I wrote on record is. Post Madonna and that one I was like sitting on for like four years before and that finally became that song but um yeah the definitely babies that one's just like yeah that's just like most like me like that's like the best representation of the music I want to make in what way um just the layers yes it's like very 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 layered there's two guitar solos going at the end at the same time and the keyboard and my chords and some crazy ass bass shit um and there's, I think there's also some hidden gongs in there and the Glock. Like, I just got to incorporate so many different instruments and just, I just feel like it's very epic. That's the last song on the yeah. EP, but yes. is that uh, the beginning of the next stages of Small Data, sonically? Um, I don't know if I'd say that exactly, but I'm definitely trying to go more in that direction. I wouldn't say it, like, ends there and, like, start, starts there again. But I think that you're going to get more of that, definitely, on our LP. That's oh, like, an LP is coming. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even close to being done writing it yet. But, yes, you will get an LP from me. Probably by the end of the year. Well, it'll be written by the end of the year. I probably won't hear it until 2019. You're demoing new songs. Yeah. New small data songs. Yes. So, uh, what is your process going forward with this one? Are you adding a lot more layers, like babies? Yep. Okay. Everything. I want everything to be just, like, coded in layers. Great. I also just want to, like, put... I just want, like, everything to be very precise. You know, I don't want to... I just like to 
I just try out every note. Like, everything I do is just, because I don't really know music theory. Everything is just, like, trial and error. Does this sound good? No. What about this one? And just go, like, up the frets. Yeah. Every single thing. Like, I want every option to be tried out before I decide, like, okay, this is these are the notes I'm going to use. I remember when we went to see Charlie Bliss. You were yes. demoing some small data songs, and uh, the things that you showed me, I, I couldn't get a perspective on what. I think we they were just like, like playing live, and I just like was like I just like shoved my phone in your ear of us like practicing live. It was terrible. I you could couldn't. never understand. Right, right, right. But the end result was was great. So how many? Uh, how much of the next small data project do you have demoed? I have four solid demos right now, but even those aren't done. You know what I mean? They're like enough that if I showed them to you you'd be able to like you'd get it like you would hear what's going on but um not all of them have like bass in them and whatnot yet um but there's like a lot of there, there's there's solid foundations you know you, I got my drums going I have a bunch of the leads are written and whatnot um and then I have a couple like I have songs that are, like I could play them for you live right now just me and my guitar but that's pretty much all that exists right now okay so I have to go bring those into the workshop and like okay into the workshop meeting yeah. your bedroom meeting my room yes meeting my I have a new interface now I yeah. upgraded from my iRig to a slightly more advanced interface yes yeah what is this interface walk me through this I forget what it's called if it's like it's it's like a very common like cheap interface that people have so you got your your laptop you got this interface thing yes and what else what else is there you have a board? You have a mixer? No. No? I don't, I don't got shit. Oh. I have nothing. Look, we're talking on a, on a recorder, you know what I mean? We yeah. all got to upgrade. I know, use my levels. internal microphone to oh. record most things. But those are terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> this is a, I'm demoing, though. This is a Mac, it's right? Not, yeah. Oh, it's right, good right, enough okay. just to... Um, it's good enough just to record demos. Right. But when you actually get to recording the songs, putting right. them together... I don't know 100% what I'm going to do there yet. I'm definitely not going to use my internal microphone to record, like, actual, yeah. Yeah. But I might buy a better microphone and still do it myself, you know? I know that, I think I'm probably, it's probably going to be done kind of in pieces, you know? I have a friend that wants to uh, help us out with it, who they can record, like, drums for us in a studio. I think it's important that drums are done in a studio, and then, you know, I have a lot of friends that have, like, kind of like basement studios so I'd like to I feel like I could probably do like acoustic guitars in my room and I could probably do like bass stuff in, in a room you know what I mean macro record bass you DI the bass that's you know what I mean because I don't want to like waste money on studio time for things that like ultimately you kind of can do yourself but as far as uh, mixing and mastering Mastering, you gotta send it somewhere. Yes. That mastering, I would definitely be sending it somewhere. Uh, mixing, well, I think what's gonna happen is I'm gonna, I'm gonna have drums recorded elsewhere, and I'm probably gonna need help mixing the drums, and then I'm probably gonna try to mix guitars, vocals, bass. I'm gonna try to mix a lot of that myself. Then I'm probably gonna give it to someone else, or at least have it, you know, have someone else take a look at it and maybe make some adjustments, because I don't know that much about EQing and frequencies and whatnot, um, and then I'll send it out to get mastered by a very credible source. Do you ever worry about... Yes. The, <laughs> you ever worry about the success of, of other bands? Does that ever lose yes, focus? Yes, I, I just, you said, do you worry? And I said, yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, yeah. of course I do. Mm -hmm. All my friends are like two years younger than me and they're more successful. In what way? I'm old. They just have more fans and more clout. Clout? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry I said that word. You no, no, no. beat that out. Why, why do people hate the word clout? I've but, been hearing that a lot. It's the worst word ever. Yeah? Why do people hate the word clout? Yes. The, a word that means social capital and they're using it seriously. It's mm -hmm. embarrassing. Yeah. I thought it just meant like, oh, you have popularity, you have respect. Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be evil, but like it is. It didn't, it didn't have to be evil, but now it is. Does the success of your, your peers kind of help me kind of deteriorate your focus of your band do you yeah. get distracted yeah no i have actually i have a lot of songs about how especially with like i feel like me and uh, my friend group spent so much time just like being like essentially groupies for some of these dude bands not in like the creepy way but just like a lot of these people that you know they, they probably they're probably not in school and they're just like touring full time and they're gaining a lot of popularity i mean my friends are, we love them so we wanted to like be on their freaking hype train at all times and I've spent so much like time and energy like being a fan that I, it, I think it did kind of deter me. I'm just like, you can write music too. Like, I don't know why you're spending so much time like being like other people's like hype person. Right. Yeah. I it's kinda... just like unrewarding. It's not as rewarding, of course, as like being the artist yourself. But how do you come back to reality? How do you get back to yourself? Like, okay, let me just worry about small data. I mean, it's hard all the time. I'm sure it's hard for everybody, but I mean, graduating really changed that where I'm just like, you need to, because now I feel I'm older now, you know, when I was like a teenager, I felt like I had so much time left to like do the stuff I wanted to do. But now that I'm older, I'm like, the clock is kind of ticking. You know what I mean? Like most people don't put out their first record. Like they, they put out their first record when they're pretty young. So you think, like, as you get older, the time that you have to put out music is limited? Is that what you're saying, or no? I guess I feel that way, even though I know it's not true. You can write music whenever, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous to feel that way. It's not true. I know it's not true, but I feel that way. Because I think the generation or two before us, a lot of artists around our age will get famous so quick and become not famous so quickly. You're right. Or some, sometimes they die. Yeah. You know, and you're right. Now we live in a time where we especially like with, with rappers and in other kind of genres too, like people in their forties are still making some of their best work. Yeah, no, you know? you're you're a hundred percent right. You're right, because I see, you know, every time, you know, I every time I log into or log into, every time I go on pitchfork, it's like this, you know, nineteen year old singer songwriter and I'm just like, shit, like she's doing this at nineteen, like I'm twenty two and I haven't done that yet. I'm like, no, I feel like oh no, like, I should have done that at 19, like, this is what I should have been doing, if I couldn't do it at 19, like, how am I supposed to be able to do it now, like, am I even, like, is this really my calling, and then I'm like, you need to relax, like, everyone works at a different pace. Not everybody's a prodigy. Yeah, no, not everyone's a prodigy, not everyone can, not that I want to, like, discredit the work that these people put in, I'm sure they all work just as hard as I do, harder than I do, but, you know, not everyone, you know, there is the luck factor to it, you know what I mean, there's a, there's a money factor to it. Um, there's just a lot of factors that go into it and I, I have like crazy respect for all these like you know artists that are younger than me and they are intimidating and it does make me feel like I need to put out something immediately but I also know that that's ridiculous and for you know every 18 year old that like Pitchfork is hyping up there's probably like 20 30 year olds that have been working just as hard and are doing something just as good and they just haven't you know made it yet or maybe they're you know just making it now 
I look at a band like Ride, for example, who's they've been broken up like 20 plus years, mm -hmm. and they just came back last year. Weather Diaries, easily one of the best albums in their career, and they're a bunch of you know 40 plus year olds. You nice. Know? And uh, th that's what I care about is the output. I don't care how old you are. Like look at you know, Ty Siegel or Soccer Mommy or Sunflower Bean. You know they've been they're young. Ish. Right. Like Tyson goes like 31 and he's put out like 12, 13 albums. Yeah, he's been it's doing just, it you forever. Go, yeah, go go at your own pace. Right. Look at Screaming Females now. Like they're they're in like they're like their early 30s and they've been a band 10 years. Right. You know? So if you just keep like focusing, like, Yeah. Cuz I think their latest work is their best work because Awesome. I have their first album that came out like 12 years ago and it's like you grow. Right. You grow, That's, you evolve, you know and mature. You know that they're doing it for the right reason, too. Yeah. Because the truth is that once you achieve some form of success, you could put out crap and people would still buy it and listen to it and they'll still come to the shows and hear the old songs. Yeah. So clearly if they're like, you know, they've been a band for 10 years and they're still putting out their best work, they're like really, really, really like that's where their heart is, is in this. Because indie darling status doesn't last. The it music, doesn't. the music lasts, you know. No, <laughs> you really want that, don't you? Yeah. No, wow. I mean, I don't really want. I mean, everyone wants that, but then also, like, it. You're right. It doesn't last. A lot of these people probably will lose their hype. Yeah, but the music will, will be still be good, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Because uh, I look at a band like Stereo Lab. Uh, they were, some of their albums were considered to be commercial quote failures, but they're some of the most influential, right? You know, pieces of music I think. And look at Velvet Underground; their stuff was considered to be failures, commercial failures. The Stooges too, and now the Stooges are like every are like on every like essential list for every record yeah. store, you know. So I think that's the goal for me when I see artists on the come up. I want their music to just last forever i know i could name a couple bands i'm not going to because i don't want it mm -hmm. to sound like i'm saying these bands like weren't successful but there's some bands that like they've achieved one level of success and people who have been 10 times more successful than them worship them and they say like this is my favorite band in the world and the people they influence end up going further than them yeah and i'm like it's interesting how like people who are just fans don't really People who worship some of these bands, it's other artists. It's not fans. Fans like them, but, you know, fans did not get them to the level of success they needed to be at to continue, like, doing it as a career. But people who did get to that level worship them. And I'm like, that's interesting how, like, you know, the ear of, like, some of a creator is different than the ear of just, like, a listener. Yeah. And I look at an artist like uh, Junior Kimbrough, who's been, who's a bluesman from, you know, Mississippi. And he put out his first album in 1992. Uh-huh. He's been putting out singles since, like, the 60s. But his first official album, 1992. And he was, you know, an old man at that time. And he wrote a song about it. Right. And I think that's it's, it's, I think that's great. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are. Or, you know, uh, oh, you started playing guitar when you were three. And now you're a viral success. Who cares about that? As long as your music's good. As long as it, it, the 19-year-old singer-songwriter... When they're 29, let's see what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, I mean, I have a lot of faith in a lot of these people. But, um, no, you're right. I, I get way too focused on the age thing. Because, I don't know, I've never felt, like, old before, obviously. I'm 22 years old, I'm, and I, I feel old. That's which weird. is ridiculous. <laughs> really ridiculous. <laughs> I remember when I was, you know... Uh, 22 that wasn't too long ago I hear people that were 24 25 saying I'm old I'm like come on come on it's just that I'm not a student anymore yeah. that, it's that I had that identity of like student in in pending in process of learning and then yes. once now it's like no now you just find a job like there's nothing left to learn 
Yeah, that's so stupid. Like, you have nothing, there's no more learning. Like, you should be capable of, like, going out there and working right now. And I don't really feel like I am. I don't really feel like I learned enough. And that's my own fault. I should have used some more of, like, the resources at the school that I went to instead of just, like, sitting in my room and, like, playing music from my laptop speakers. No, I think that <laughs> the real learning starts after you get out of school. You think so? Yeah, because you, you've well, built the foundation. Dumb, no, it was no, no, expensive. No. Of course, yes, because you've learned, like, I feel like I've learned stuff when I was in college, yeah. but now, using the knowledge that I learned in college, right. I can now learn even more outside of college. Oh, God. You just, you're, I'm learning every day. I don't even day. have a job right now. I'm, like, in panic mode right now. That is true. I really had a very nice week after quitting. I was just, because I worked <laughs> nice at a job week. for 10 months that yep. was not for me at all. Absolutely. And, you know, the first week was heaven. It was a luxury beyond, you know. But now, like, I've just, like, adjusted to, like, my bum lifestyle. And I'm yeah. just like, this is not for me. So I have to figure out, like, what I'm going to do for money now. So if anyone wants to give me a job or just hand me a bunch of money, that'd be cool. I'm going to go buy a lotto ticket. That's my, like, plan right now. Oh, man. That's just legalized gambling. Yeah. Well, the gambling is legal, but... Depending. Where, Sometimes. Where yeah, but the lottery is gambling. Gambling should always be legal. If you want to be an idiot... <laughs> I kind of... I mean, someone will probably be like, excuse me, but I'm like, I don't know. If you want to go waste all your money, I guess, I don't know. It's your decision. But, you know... Like, people get addicted to gambling. Yeah, they do. Too, so... I probably get addicted to gambling. People get it, You can get addicted to anything, though. That is true. That is true. Gambling is just, like, a concept. You can't, like... You can't make that illegal. I could gamble with you right now. We could yeah. gamble on, like, which of those swans is going to get to the other side of the lake faster. What are the What are the cops going to do? Yeah, yeah. You could gamble, uh, which train... Is the train going to come from the east side or the west side? Yeah, like, yeah. literally anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um... You, uh, you're actually really good with music, you know, recommendations, I think, because a lot of people... Did you listen to Sydney Gish? Absolutely. I was just about to talk. Yeah, absolutely. She was... to her in the car again. She's great. She's one of the 20-year-olds that I think are going to be here at 30 and 40 and 50, like... Yes. 100%. Because she interns for a a big... One of the big record labels. I forgot what. I don't even know. I don't even... That, that's the least of my, you know, yeah. interest. I'm just like, this is like the most creative music I've ever heard. Like, yes. oh my goodness. A lot of, lot of moving parts. A lot yes. of samples so and much. stuff like that. A lot of beautiful harmonies, I think. We got compared to her by The Alternative when they wrote yes. about us. I love and them. I didn't know who she was at the time. And I was just like, that's interesting. They were just like, this band is more of a Sydney Gish than a Frankie Cosmos. And I was just like, well, I like Frankie Cosmos. I don't know what that means. And then I was a Sydney Gish. I'm like, okay, I get it more now. Yeah. And I'm like, also, I really love this. Just like, what exactly are you talking about? The moving parts. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because there's like... She has ideas. That yeah. sounds very like silly to say or yeah. very uh, preaching to the choir. But like, there's certain people that make music that don't have ideas. They kind of just... Uh, are trying to sell a product. Yeah. You know? And she has, like, I like you. Like, you have a lot of things that you want to get across. And right. You want, you know, people to hear certain things. You want people to notice specific things. Oh, I like yes. you did that thing over there at this part. I think that's a big part of the whole, like, what do artists, like, what kind of music do people who also make music like? And what do people who don't, um, who don't make music? Which is why, um... I guess, like, the success of, like, commercial pop music. Like, if you listen to a lot of these songs, just, like, the one synth going over and over again. <laughs> but, like, this voice is pretty. This song is catchy. You know, if you don't write music, you're just, like, nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, that can work. That, that works That's sometimes. That's saying some of it isn't cool. Of course. Of course. course. But I think there's certain songs that, you know, especially that I hear in my, in my field, that you wouldn't seek out on your own. 
But if you hear it multiple times, Mm -hmm. it starts to get into your head and you kind of start to, you know, to groove to it, but you don't really like the song. Right. But it's been like brainwashing your skull to like the song. Yeah. That's crazy. They engineered it. They put, they typed in a computer, make me money, and the notes came out and they were like, "This, this melody, you know. We took this melody that sold, then this melody that sold, and this melody that sold, and we like smashed them all together just enough to not get sued. Yeah, just enough to not just yeah. enough to not get sued, right. and then we, we we had it. We we found a younger, hotter piece of ass to sing it. Oh man! Oh. And ah, uh, here's the song, and then I hear it, and I'm like, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, besides uh, Sydney Gish, who are you loving now? Who are you listening to? Uh, who else am I listening to a lot? Um, you gotta whip out your phone. And yeah, I'm gonna the, look at what, what <laughs> your my Spotify queue. Yeah, I am because it, honestly, it's been a lot of Sydney. Yeah. Um, who else? I was just over here. Um, I was listening to this band out of Florida, Black Kids. They they kind of have uh, it sounds like a party on wax. Yeah, lots of synth. That's a really do- it's a really cool indie rock band to listen to. If that makes any sense. You when you said it sounds like a party, then I remember like, oh, just friends. <laughs> you want to talk about a fucking party it's on a stage? Party. Probably a very different kind of party than your party. Yeah, it's a My very party, low key party. Like the, just friends, they're like a sober kid party. Yes. Like they, yeah, they're that's not what even, black kids are. It's kind of yeah. Really. Kind of sober kids. Yes. There's um. We're not really here to get high, but if you are, that's cool. We're all yeah, just hanging out. That's definitely yep. Yeah, it's definitely just friends. They were crazy. I saw them live the other day and they were like eleven people. There were two trombones. There were two. Two trombones. They wow. were like, yo, we need another trombone. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you did. Like I can't believe it. But yeah. like you didn't need one, but like I'm so glad that you did. I'm Most obsessed with brass and music now. I yes. don't know what it is. Well of course. Like brass is amazing in music. Yeah. It's the classics. Yeah, it's true. I was I was listening to Ty Siegel, his last album, uh, Freedom's Goblin, and the opening song, Fanny Dog, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I think it's called Fanny or Fanny Dog. I forgot the name of it. But it's about his dog, Fanny. Nice. And there's a lot of just brass going off. I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is what I want to hear, especially when I'm running. I love, like, you know, different things happening on a song, you know. And uh, especially a song like Five Foot Tall, it's just, oh, I love just, oh, I, lo- I love that. I love saxophones. Well, not, not Five Foot Tall, um. The main pretender. Lots of saxophones and just trumpets and shit. I love it. Love it. That's sick. Yeah. I, I, I need to get some more. I like when I get to listen to brass, but I don't have to listen to ska. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, if you can give me a trombone without the upstrokes, like, God bless your little heart. Yeah. Because love brass, hate hate upstrokes. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of some early ska, like the specials are cool. Yeah, no, I'm not like anti-ska, but yeah. like I'm like after, like by like track five, I'm like make it stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's the upstrokes. It's not the yeah. horns, you know what I mean? It's just the, there's like the very specific style of guitar that I'm like, this is, you know, yeah, annoying exactly if you do it for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt's cool. They have kind yeah. of a little bit of Oh my God, yeah, no. They're, yeah, they're like... That's the thing is like you gotta like make it, you can't just be ska like you gotta like put your ska with something else like no doubt has like all sorts of elements like, yes you know reggae yeah. punk a lot of pop all of that. that but if you're like just ska I'm like uh, I mean some of that's fun too I can't really complain um what else was I gonna say oh yeah there's this uh there's this guy from Long Island uh who's uh the project is. Well, it's not just him anymore, but he recorded a record, uh, Barely March. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the album is Marilou Barch. <laughs> Classic. 
clever. You get it? I get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, he's really good. He's like very like Weezer, Jeff Rosenstock influenced mm-hmm. um, music that's just like very fun and um, it's really cool. And yeah, I've been listening to that a lot. He he just um, he's like I don't think he's ever even like played a show on Long Island before. I think he's like playing his first show in like the next week. It's crazy because he just like put out music one day and it was like some of the best shit that Long Island has heard in a very long time. I would say Fuck Small yeah. Dad is really good as far as Long Island bands. Astronado. Right. Have you listened to Astronado yet? Uh, not yet. I'm oh, sorry. I'm a bad friend. Man. Very creative. Okay. Don't apologize. <laughs> you no. Know, you heard the I told stuff. you to listen to artists and you listen to them. Yeah. I, I, owe you dope. The, I owe you the same respect. I should be listening to the... Uh, bands you tell me about right right because I think you'll actually dig them you know I think some I people will. you probably know some people that tell you about oh, I think you'll like this and but you don't even know what I listen to you know how yeah, do you know I'm gonna like it we know each other's taste in music enough at this point that I think that we will be on the same page yeah yeah exactly and you're you're worried that oh I listen to too much of this stuff I'm yeah. like oh yeah if you listen to too much of that why don't you try listening to this this doesn't sound like anything that you usually listen to so uh, you know we're halfway through the year and what I usually do for the past couple of years, I kind of just, you know, think about some of my favorite albums of the year. But right. people are not like me. They, they don't listen to a bunch of albums, you know, within a couple of months. Right. So do you have, like, maybe, like, Favorites. five albums that you've been listening to a lot this year? Uh, the Gavin Jr. album, Okay, definitely. I haven't heard it yet. I heard a couple songs. Barely March and Sydney. The Sydney album, I'm pretty sure, actually came out on, like, the last day of 2017. December. Which is just... Which is just no, it's an 18 <laughs> album, ah, yes, and it's going yes. on my 18 list. How could I have known about it mm-hmm. on the last day? That's true. Ridiculous. You deserve to be on a list. Um, there's that Hop Along, um, the Barely March album I was telling you about. Um, and I gotta say, I gotta save the last spot for the Mitski album that's gonna come out next month. Right. I heard the the two singles, Nobody and uh, Geyser. Yes. Geyser. Yes. Beautiful. Mitzi has never done wrong, and I, from what we've heard so far, she's not going to anytime soon. No, she's really reinventing herself. I think it's really cool that she's not just, okay, let me just put a lot of fuzz on this course. Right. It's more like, okay, let me, not that you know, the fuzzy stuff on right. American Girl was bad. It's just, I, I like it, but she's doing something different. Yeah, every you know? Mitzi album is, like, very different from the last, and, like, every song is different from the last song on, like, in the records. Do you know any of, like, the old, old Mitski songs? Yeah, Are yeah. those more your cup of tea because they're a little clearer? No, no, no. I mean, it's it's cool, and it, it's it's pretty, and she sounds great, but I kind of love the direction of... Um, Where uh, she goes on, like, Bury Me. Yeah, Bury Make Out okay. Creek and um, Puberty 2. I love right. that direction. I love the fuzzy guitars okay. and the really sharp, knife-cutting uh, melodies. Yes. She's a really good singer, like a really seriously yeah. good singer. Yeah, she is. And she has a sharp ear for like melody, and oh, I think yeah. it's just infectious. And she can, I don't know, her songs really kind of touch you, like emotionally, just hit you oh, right yeah. here. You, don't, I don't even know what she's talking about some of the times, but it's, I, I just feel it. I feel what you're saying. You yeah, know? love that. I think that's so great. Um, what else have you been uh, listening to? Oh, that's it. Just Mitski. Th- those are the five. Yeah, I pretty much just yeah. listen to Mitski. <laughs> the album I listed is one that doesn't it, is it out yet. I've yeah, heard yeah. the two singles. I'm like, yeah, that one. Like, yeah. you just know if Mitski puts out an album, it's gonna be one of your best of the year. So you've been digging the the Built to Spill compilation that, that yes. dropped, the cover one. Yeah, how was that? 
it was awesome. Good, yeah. I I was blessed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you're a part of it. Yeah. Really. Wow. Because a lot of bigger artists are on that too. Yeah. I honestly, do, I really didn't even know who was gonna be on it. If I'm being perfectly honest, I just saw this band talking about this band called Gloom talking about how they were putting this together. I'm like, oh, can I do this song? Is this taken yet? And they were like, uh, yeah, you can. And then they messaged me. They're like, did you get that cover together yet? And I'm like, shit, no. So I just um. I, I finally was able to get it together. I recorded this cover, and um, I ended up being really proud of it. I, like, put tons of layers on it. I did some, like, really weird stuff with electronic drums that I didn't plan on doing. And I was really proud of it. And the next thing I know, I was like, yeah, like, Great Grandpa's on this comp. And I was like, uh, I had no idea Great Grandpa was going to be on this comp. Those are really good ways to discover music, I think. Those yeah. compilations. But So the people that were putting together the Built to Spill cover comp, did they reach out to you, or did you... I reached out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw them talking about it, and I asked if I could be on it. Wow. That's awesome. I think, you know, cover albums are kind of cool if they're done... I, like, it, I think in small doses, um, because uh, the Black Keys did a cover tribute comp to uh, Junior Kimbrough, and um, it was fantastic. It was so goddamn good. Even if you don't know who Junior Kimbrough is, the, the way they they did the songs were just fantastic and the last track was a voicemail for uh junior kimbo's widow and she basically thanked them for like you know putting his you know his songs out there right. and she thought that he really they really did him justice and i think that's really cool that's a yeah so you you like built spell right yeah I love one of your Bill favorites Spill. yes oh okay <laughs> I don't. I, I. I'm like scared to say that because I don't want to be like quizzed on like built. Uh, not that I think you would do that, but no, I don't no, want. No, no, no. I never listened to them. Uh, they're really crazy good. If you okay. like just like excellent creative guitar work, like they're maybe the best, like best in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love built to spill. I should. I don't. I don't know like every song they've ever made, but I do really like them. And I my I got to cover like one of my favorite songs, at least lyrically, one of my favorites on that album, on the cover comp. So that's really cool. I really like full album cover comps. Me and my friends are talking about doing a Carly Rae Jepsen cover comp on Twitter right now. And, I mean, I guess it was, like, half a joke at first, but now a bunch of people are like, I want to be on it. And I'm like, honestly, I don't think it would be hard to get, like, 13 people together to do this Carly Rae Jepsen cover comp. Why not? Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. But I want to hear the Small Data album first. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely, like, priority. Um, I was going to say something. Something came up in my head about it was something. It'll come back to me. It'll come back. Uh, what was uh, any shows that you're going to recently? Any concerts that you're uh, looking forward to? Yes. Yeah. Um, I just got two tickets the other day because this is what I'm doing. I'm like, huh, I don't have a job. What should I do? Buy concert tickets. I'm like, I might as well buy them now because in two weeks, all my my whole savings account will be run dry and I won't have anything. So I bought Mitski Sydney Gish tickets. I'm actually going with some friends all the way to New Hampshire for that. What? Yeah. Wow. I had, I had a friend that was driving up and uh, they were like, let's go, and I'm like. All right, let's go. Um, yeah. And then I also, there's the State Lines reunion show mm-hmm. with Max Seal, Anxious Hum. Oh, wow. Tom- Tomahawk Chop and a band name I can't pronounce. It starts with a K. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. It's a confusing word. <laughs> oh, we got to go to Courtney Barnett and Vagabond. Oh, right. Wait, yeah. when is that? July 25th. I might be able to do that. Yeah. I should be able to. 
I was not sold out. I got that's that's my. I wonder what job I'm gonna get. What kind of job am I gonna get? (laughs) Oh yeah, you're buying concert tickets. I'm just I'm just wondering. I'm like, am I gonna have a job where I'm gonna be working nights and it's gonna be hard for me to get off for a show? Or am I gonna have a job where I work mornings and then I can do whatever I want at night? Yeah. And what's worse, because that one I have to get up early and one I have to skip events that I want to go to. That that's how I feel. That's how I felt um, buying concert tickets and and stuff like that because my my business in radio like. one day I'll be working nights, someday maybe afternoons right. or more. So it's so weird. But, um, uh, yeah, I definitely want to see Courtney because I loved her uh, last album, uh, Tell Me How You Really Feel. Did you hear it? No. Ooh. I didn't listen yet. I love the first one. You got to hear it. So yeah, I can't imagine I wouldn't to. like this one. It is gorgeous. It's so good. It has to be. She's, like, on another level. Yeah, and she's young, too. She's, like, she's like 29. 30? Wow. Yeah, she's mad young. I she, feel like she blew up overnight. Unless I was just not paying attention for a while. I think uh, she had... This is how I discovered her. Like, the old-fashioned way. Like, listening to the radio. Like, FUV did a live concert of hers. Right. Like, three I years saw ago. I her on SNL, like, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Really? I think it was two years mm. ago. And she was popping back then. Because I remember she played a, a show at Terminal 5 with Speedy and Torres. Right. Sold out, like, quick. Real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she she's amazing, and so is Small Data and uh, Carl. Uh-huh. Wanna? Yeah, yeah, we're like exactly the same. Me and Courtney, like we text all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how do we deal with all of our? One like, day fans? You, you'll open for her, I guess. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I hope. But she loves to wear like bands that she likes on stage. Like she wore like a, a Chastity Belt shirt, a cool. Slater Kenny. She yeah, she loves supporting like you know bands. And she did she did a podcast with uh, Julia Shapiro of Chastity Belt. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. They just talked That's to each cool. other. Yeah, and uh, she talked to Kim Deal um, cool. for like an hour and a half. Wow. It was so cool. And um, and I think the Breeders played on the new Courtney album. Really? Yeah. Uh, just uh, I think just uh, Kim and, and Kelly. I think that was it. But anyway, Kara, uh, thank you so much for uh, talking with me for about, no a, about an hour today. It was, I had a wonderful time. Yes. So where can people follow Small Data? Uh, we're at Small Data New York NY, Small Data NY on Twitter, and then we're just Small Dot Data on Instagram. Which I don't know what I'm gonna do about that because I just got locked out of my Instagram. I, I didn't what? get locked out of that one. Do you know what the Ray Bans people that hack? So like someone hacked my Instagram and is trying to sell Ray Bans. What is that? Glasses. Oh. Yeah. So it's just like Ray Bans 50% off. I'm like I don't even wear glasses. Um. You're wearing glasses now. My sunglasses. <laughs> but I guess are, are they sell sunglasses too. I don't know. Anyway, um, they hacked me and they're like, we sent this confirmation code to your email and it's my email for my like my SUNY email that I can't even get into. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to get back on my personal Instagram account. Yeah. I think I can just call them and they'll figure it out for me. But I'm like lazy, so I've just like been ignoring this problem. Always fun talking with Kara of Small Data. It's level 12 of My Little Underground. Don't forget, Small Data doing a solo set. It's just Kara, so I guess we can call it Macro Data, Micro Data, whatever you want to call it. She's playing over at the Velvet Lounge, East Talkit, July 21st. Me and the homie Connor of Secret Elite Public are putting it together. 10 Woods Corner Road, East Talkit, the Velvet Lounge. So far, we got Giants, Headless Elvis, more to come. Make sure you hang out with us again on Twitter and Instagram at Peter A Radio for more information. It's level 12, My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Peace out.